going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Genesis Invitational. As usual, I am here with the GBP Grandmaster, everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is up, my friend? Great week last week. I uh, loved it. Uh, you know, made up for me big time for the week before. I had an awesome time watching this event. Talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about Tiger, of course, here in a minute. We got Tiger Week upon us, $7,300 Tiger. So we'll be talking about that. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com if you haven't already. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Lots more are going to be going on there now. I've solidified it, Kenny. It sounds like starting next week, We'll have all the stuff updated because football is over, my friend. The The Super Bowl ended last night. I know it didn't end how everybody wanted it to after how good of a game it was, but, man, it was such a good game in the end either way. It could have been anybody's game. Definitely a good one. Scotty Scheffler getting back to golf. We'll talk about it, Kenny. Like, this is, the, you know, the funny part about Scotty Scheffler getting the job done, the talk all week, you and I mentioned it a little bit. I heard it elsewhere. I brought it up Wednesday show last week at Rum Pure, but just about how, remember, that Scotty didn't even have the wins yet till the waste management Phoenix open that sort of set the runoff and then the masters and the match play and all the others versus this time around. And then this time him and Rom, Nick Taylor, final group, Scotty just goes out and just crushes it, man, gets the job done. And there was a lot of trends. Justin Ray was busy on Saturday night, getting out the trends of basically why it looks like Scotty's going down. And he wasn't saying it himself. He's giving you the, the facts. Like he always does the best stats on Twitter and Scotty defied the odds of all that stuff that happened in the past and got the job done, Kenny. So what'd you think of the event? Good, good job like, on Scotty getting the job. The, the first 54 hole leader in the last 10 years to hold on and win uh, in Phoenix. The thing about it is like, he, he wasn't playing that well. He got lucky a lot. Like his driving was not good. Like he, he had his first fairway, like on the back nine or some shit like that. It took a while. For him to hit a fairway he was pull hooking everything got a lot of really really good breaks like a couple of bounces could have really fucked him uh but they just went his way uh and he did his thing he looked good nick taylor i was really impressed with nick taylor like staying toe to toe you know with scotty scheffler until you know i think i get scotty hit that eagle on like 15 or something that basically put it away. Uh, but you know, prior to that, Nick Taylor was right there. Um, you know, it was really nice to see him. I mean, he's a giant killer, right? Didn't he beat like Phil yeah. and like burger or some shit at the pebble a couple of years ago in a playoff. Uh, I don't remember if it was burger. It was, it was Phil something. when Phil was a thing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, right? yeah. More I, all the people get mad. Cause Phil's uh, from the, the past. Everybody loves Phil. I get him saying, but when Phil was actually really playing strongly, yeah. He still took him down and got the yeah. job done there. And to your point, because I got to shut up my Canadian boy here for a second, Nick Taylor, 2.2 million, still a lot of money that he could have wasted away. He stayed toe-to-toe with Scheffler. I mean, he yeah. did. He scored the same as Scheffler on Sunday. And Scheffler I mean, got some putts to drop, like that one on 16, the eagle you talked about on 15, all that stuff. Taylor made some mistakes down the stretch, the chip out, everything, the layup didn't work. But to hold off Rom in the same group, beat him by three strokes, Match the score of Scotty, just Scotty didn't break. And Scotty still got stuff to get breaks to go his way and did his job too. So great event for Nick Taylor. And he collects almost a million more than what it used to be for first to win a tournament. This year, obviously, some of the pools adjusted elsewhere as well. But in general, a really good score for him, 2.2 million bucks. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Spieth played well. Spieth was one of my ended up being one of my favorite plays by the end of the week. I mean, he was projected to be on four to five percent. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, one of those things where it didn't really talk about him too much in the pod because, I, you know, it wasn't really on my mind. But when you see a guy of his ilk at four percent, I mean, shit, you, you sort of have to play him. Uh, so I went ahead and got like 18, 20 percent of them uh, really helped me out in GPPs. I had one GPP in like the top 50 going into Sunday. Uh, it fell off like normal because that's <laughs> how my GPPs go. I think it finished like one fiftieth. Um, but yeah, he, but you know, overall on GPPs, you know, I only lost like 20 bucks. It's not bad. Uh, you know, when you got like 50 lineups out there, uh, at one point in time, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot better, but you know, I'll take that, especially when the cash was so good, solid cash game cornerstones last week, three inside the top 15, um, you know, and then, uh, forget what one guy felt Tom, Tom didn't do as well, but Sung Jay, uh, Taylor Moore, um, and I forget the other Xander all finished top 15, one, five, six. So the cash lineup won again. So I'm nine and six for the year. Need to go on a little bit of a run. Uh, to try and get to that 70%, need to go on like a three or four week run, get a little, uh, you know, gap between 500 and, and, and where I am. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, definitely, I'm going to take down that $5 at some point in time. It might be this week. We'll see how it goes. But overall, great week, uh, uh, winning week uh, overall, even with no wins uh, in the gambling aspect. I think Sung Jay was the closest I had. He finished sixth. Um, also had him in uh, one and done. So, I mean, I guess it was okay. It was like 700,000 uh, that he won, which is not like nothing. Uh, and I would have, I liked like a million or, you know, something in the top five to get a million. Yes, but you deal with what you deal with. Um, anything else about last week? Anybody else catch up? Right, one thing I want to say, the course setup was so good. Like, like this is the way courses should be set up where golfers, if they're playing well, they can shoot. 15, 18, 19 under. Golfers, if they're not playing well, they're gonna they're gonna shoot plus five, plus six, you know, plus three and miss the cut. Uh, you know, there's there wasn't that much leeway uh, in the course. You really had to have your game going or be lucky as fuck, like like Scheffler, uh, to really you know have a chance at contending. And I thought the course played really well. I thought the weather was fun. Made it a lot of fun to watch. What did you think? Yeah, I will say that. That was actually a good point you just brought up. One thing for sure, a few things actually, but one major one that you just brought up was about the course. It wasn't just the course setup too, the, the weather though, Kenny. Right. Like it, it kind of flipped. I know that there was thoughts of wind and some people saw that some and they were angling for like a little bit of a PMAM thing, but it didn't really look like that. And all the wind sites and stuff did not have what we ended up seeing on the course. Yeah. And I can tell you that like my main core over at Rum Pier was Rom, Scheffler, and then I used Mark Hubbard to make it work. And it's not a cop-out. I took the L on I'm saying, but like in general, I'm not playing Mark Hubbard. If I think the course is playing like it did this, typically there's more birdies out there to be found in those first couple of days to grind it out, make a cut. So I felt bad about that one. Definitely hurt me. Had a lot of really good five of sixes with guys like him in it. But if you saw the final leaderboard to me, it wasn't just a picture of what the designated field will bring where the cream rises to the top, much like we'll see again this week and talk about here shortly. But a lot of grinders, man. Like you look up at the top of the board, Day still playing good golf. Sungjae, bet him. Burns, bet him. He gets up there. Hatton, no one was really on Hatton for the most part in the 8K range. He did his job. 
got his way up there. All the ones you expect with like Xander, Finau, they're all in that top 20, Keegan, those guys. But it was a good board across, and, and it just ended up being sort of a grinder's paradise. They had to find their way through. It, it baked out like it always does. I don't know. I love the event every year anyway. This made it that much more. I thought it was incredible from that perspective. And then I was just going to add one piece, Kenny, because the strategy, the little thing you and I talked about, but it's not a strategy, it's just in general. Some guys WD'd from last week that are playing this week and I get all that, but I will say this, like it's just a note for the season. One other thing I thought about today of like adding these designated events, it, it should be obvious, but maybe not to everybody. If somebody WDs one of these, even if they come back the next one, Lanto Griffin comes to mind. So we talked about pre-show. You kind of got to actually think about that a little bit. I mean, he was injured, came back, shake the rust off at, I think it was a corn Ferry tour event, came out, had okay showing. And then he WDs from last week where all that money, is up top and it's, you know, sort of a, a smaller field, a setup, everything that he can play well and go win some big cash and he WDs. And I know he's back this week, but just to bring it up, I think that's something to keep an eye on more than in the past where you don't really monitor as much. Cause like, ah, who cares? A guy WD kind of seems interesting now that that happens. And this week had a few already. One was uh, Davis Riley and he's not playing this week. And I think it takes like another three or four more guys <laughs> to get to an alternate. So just another note for these, uh, these WDs, but I don't have anything else, Kenny, on last week, I thought it was a great event overall. Really, really solid. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, let's talk about Tiger. Uh, he's back. Uh, you know, they, well, they, wait, they, sorry, because we're talking about Tiger. But do you want to talk anymore on Scheffler or Ricky? Like Scheffler won. I don't. Know oh yeah, Scheffler won. I mean, okay, I had a I had a bunch of Scheffler. I mean, okay, this is his course. Like I said, I think he got lucky uh, a lot of the times. But sometimes you need that luck to win an event, and that's just what happened because he was not driving the ball well at all. And if he drives the ball like that this week, uh, he might not make the cut. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm not even joking. Like he, 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 that, that Sunday, he was horrible, I mean, but he just kept scoring. Uh, he got lucky breaks, lucky, uh, lucky lies and was able to do his thing. I mean, you know, I, luck is part of the game. Uh, yeah. and he used it to perfection, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, he definitely still played well, but yeah, you're right. What, what about Ricky though? Let me get your Ricky. Well, takes. Ricky and Day, I think are back. Okay. I think they I think they're both back. I think they're both viable for DFS. I don't like Day's number at 35 to 1 this week. Uh I wouldn't touch that. Uh Ricky, I think, is at 60. Maybe. Uh, I think a win might come for both of those guys this year because they're both playing very, very well. Uh and and, and it looks like Day is healthy. Um, it looks like Ricky's like having a little bit more fun on the course. Of course, getting a hole in one. Uh, it's going to make it more fun. When he got that hole-in-one, he was in that one lineup uh, I had uh, that was up in the top 50. You know, By then, it was like 250. Dropped, got me all the way back up to like top 60, and I was getting hype. And then Spieth was just you know hitting everything within 10 to 15 feet, gained like nine strokes with his approaches, couldn't make a putt uh, to save his life. I needed about three more birdies, which he should have had. The way his iron play was going on Sunday, like every single time you saw Spieth in the coverage, it's like, oh, another birdie putt for 15 to 20 feet. Like every single time you saw him, he just couldn't make one. Um, So that's sort of why that lineup fell apart. But when it comes to Day and Ricky, I think they're back. I think they're viable. I think they're worth playing. I think it's probably a good idea to jump on them now at these lower prices because at some point in time, they're going to pop for a couple of weeks and they're going to get up to the high 8Ks, uh, low 9Ks, especially if you get them in a non-designated event. They're going to be up there uh, in price, and I think deservedly so because both of them are playing excellent golf at this moment in time. This week, Kenny, you can play Ricky, Day, 
Rose, who just won, he's back too, right? And Adam Scott, his course, man, he owns this place. So there you go. There's your four-man core to get things popping this week of all the little bit older guys that are either back or we got course history we'll talk about. But go ahead with Tiger. Obviously a big topic of this week. Kind of surprise news came out. I didn't expect him to be back for this one. I'm glad he's back, but it's it's not what I expected. And we'll talk DFS later with him. But just what are your thoughts on Tiger being back? I didn't think he'd come back to an event where he's like, never won uh he's never really been the best (laughs) at this course uh but maybe uh he feels better because the course is i wouldn't say it's hilly but the course has a lot of undulations you know like smaller undulations in the fairway it's not like a up and down augusta type hilly type things but you know it's not a flat terrain uh, that he's going to be walking on, which probably, you know, last week was flat. This one, you're, you're going to get a lot of uh, bumps and mounds in the fairways. But, you know, I, I think overall the walk isn't too bad uh, for this course. And, you know, if he's out there, if he's coming to play and he's healthy, I don't know if I could roster him and I don't think I could bet him. I'm just going to watch and hope. And if he, something happens and, and he's in, in contention, I will just be ecstatic even with no money on him at all, which I'm not going to be putting any money on Tiger uh, this week in DFS or gambling. Uh, but I really want to see him do well. I really want to see how his leg holds up. I want to see him make the cut and play four rounds. And, and if he can make the cut, play four rounds, then you start talking about him in majors. Then yeah, you can start so talking. Yeah. Then you can start talking about him at Augusta. Uh, you know, we'll, so we shall see. What's your take on Tiger? Oh, oh another thing. One more. One other yeah, thing. Exactly. You got to love about Tiger. The Tiger DFS bump. Basically, all the contests are double in size uh, compared to what we've seen last week, uh, which is great because now the drive the green is for a 50K instead of 25K. And I'm going to fucking take that shit down here one day. And I want it to be this week. So we shall see. I've never stuck up for DK on this matter, but I think those contests were coming even if Tiger didn't play. Because everyone says the Tiger Bomb. I know the old joke maybe is it's a football. Tiger doesn't maybe move the needle, and obviously football. he does. But they already had a Mega Millie lined up before the Tiger uh, news. Uh, so uh, I think with that and with football ending, we were getting those contests. The good news is, Kenny, is if he plays well and people get excited and we have fun with it and people come back because of him, it may boost all the future ones because Tiger is obviously the one that has always moved the needle. That was one of the worst uh, comments of DFS history, that Tiger does not move the needle when clearly he does. But I think we were getting those contests. Either way, I'm excited about it. Huge week over on DraftKings. My take is this. It's tough. Like you said, I posted, I think I, the most tweets I ever did on a Monday about one golfer, and it was Tiger, three tweets. And first I see is 175 to one and get the each way on that. I was like, I'm not, I didn't. But I'm like, man, that's crazy. I just never thought I would see that number. Then I seen the boost. They give me plus 200 for him to make the cut. And I'm thinking, man, that's a good little hedge. If you want to just say, I'm not going to play him because I'm not I'm not going to play him. We'll get to that later. We'll talk in two seconds on 7,300. But I said, okay, I'm not going to play him. Maybe I'll look at that. I just screwed around. I said, I'll throw 50 bucks on it. Eh, max bet, $20. I said, oh, <laughs> these guys. So you can, you can get him at plus 150. I don't. I honestly don't love it. I don't need to hedge the spot. If Tiger does well, good for him. I don't say necessarily the emotional side of it, but I, I'd love to see him do well, but I just can't get to him. And we'll talk more on that later. And then the third post was seeing his price tag. I didn't, you know, at first I thought maybe we could see with the 175 to one odds, like a, a 6,900. Nice. Yeah, yeah, right. But right, I, I was right. like, no, nah, it's still Tiger. People got me thinking about it. And so 7,300 is not that expensive, you know? No, it's the I right mean, price. If you want it's to play him. People consider it. Yeah, if you want to play him, that price makes it tempting, 
right? That's, I like that. I like that yeah. angle. And yeah. I could get screwed because of it because people can easily fit him in. He can be your fit. He can be your last golfer yeah. in your lineup at 7,300. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. making Tiger Woods your last golfer in your lineup. You ever think of that? Jesus Christ. Where he says he uh, wants to get, like, if he's coming back, it, it's kind yeah, of. He's got to be healthy, to right? He wouldn't come yeah. back if he wasn't. Hell, why would he come back now? Like, why well, would the, he the risk The best it? one I saw today was somebody say, I think his best finish here is in 1999. He got second. Yeah. And someone was like, he's obviously coming back because it's a course he's never won at or something. So he wants to get the win. He must be ready to go. He's motivated. <laughs> Lock him in. And I yeah. was like, oh, man, you, go, you can make the narrative go any way. It's Tiger. Yeah. But it is kind of funny to think about. Either way, at least they didn't make him 8,500 where it's yeah, just well, an automatic. It'd be like 2%. Oh, yes, now you got to think. What, okay. What do you think his ownership is going to be? Six percent. I was thinking six to eight percent myself. Six to eight percent. Uh, all right. So let's uh, enough tiger. Have you did you watch the first episode of Full Swing? Not yet. No, tonight. I have I, I watched it last night. Um, you know, I, I'll I won't spoil it. No, I'm gonna watch it either way as a but, fan. but, but whatever was, you want to say, it, you it, can it say. was pretty good. I it was I, I thought the first episode was smart to to talk about Spieth and JT. That was the whole focus of the first episode where Spieth won Heritage last year, uh, right? And then um, a couple of weeks later, the PJ Championship came through, uh, you know, and, and it had Justin Thomas, you know, winning that, of course, uh, from seven strokes back. Um, and and I, I thought it was smart making that the first episode because those are people that casual fans know of already off the break. They know JT. They know Spieth. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the drama and the friendship. Uh, you know, and them talking shit. Their money games that they have on the course. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. It was a little bit tamer than I thought it would be, but I think they did it on purpose because when they show the highlights of like the rest of the season, there lo- looks like there's going to be mad drama. Yeah, uh, a lot. Like Walter throwing his club in the locker room. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I did see enough comments on it, so I'll get your take, and then we can move on. But just in general, that already solidified my original thought that this is. I I don't think this is moving the needle. I think you're. I think you loved it. I think I'm going to love it tonight. Anyone listening to this, degenerates, are gonna love this show. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, anything I saw today from people talking about it, and there was there was negatives on it. There was. It's okay. It's fair. And there was what kind of what you just said there, where it's yeah, it wasn't tame. like the greatest thing I've ever watched. But yeah, like, is saying? it gonna drive people? Like, I gotta get into that next episode. I gotta start watching golf now. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm gonna stand by it. And everything I saw today made me think that I'm going to absolutely love it. Now, I didn't check on Netflix yet, Kenny. Can you binge it out, or is it only coming out like one episode per week? No. If you if, for the Super Bowl yesterday, there was a Michelob Ultra commercial. Um, you can go on my Twitter feed and find it at Kendo VT. Um, there was a Michelob Ultra commercial where they had uh, one of those little Q codes on the QR thing. Codes, and, if yeah. you, and if you click the QR code with your phone, it took you to the Michelob Ultra website, which played the first episode only. Gotcha. Uh, the rest comes out Wednesday. And I, yeah, I was going to say, I think I said tonight, but I think it's actually the 15th that it comes out. Oh, yeah. but I can so watch it, that. Someone showed me there's a link that you can yeah. go watch it still. You can so. watch the first episode. That's yeah. it right now. At least unless you're unless you're listening to this on Wednesday, then you could binge it. Uh, and it comes out then. So, yeah, that's the thing. There's going to be episodes that are going to be more dramatic. I mean, they're going to be heavy on the live. Uh, you could see that. And there's going to be some, you know, hurt feelings and, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of shit talking, smack talking and stuff like that. There's going to be that. Uh, that's when it's going to get super interesting, I think. Uh, I, you know, and, and I thought the way that they did 
the PJ Championship and showing Justin. It was good, but they didn't like they didn't like talk to Mito, you know, the guy who blew the lead. You know what I'm saying? They showed like his double bogey on 18, and like he missed, but like you know, they sort of missed out on that part because like that's a pretty intense part of golf, like losing something like that when you're in a major and not talking to the person and not really going around and, you know, you know, experience having, having the fans watching experience what Mito was experiencing. I think that was a loss. Uh, I think that was a loss. Uh, And I'm a little bit weirded out by the timing of everything because is it going to be in chronological order? Does that mean that we're not going to get any of the masters? No Scotty. Uh, you know, I mean, because they started RBC Heritage, so maybe they're just going, they're going to mix back and forth. It's not going to have a chronological around type to your order. point of like starting yeah. off with a clean slate with like a guy like JT and Speeth and get them involved. I, I did hear a lot about that. People were talking about it, like betting on it. What card, guess what card it is for a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm excited to watch it. I can't wait. Like I said, I just throw from the first results, it's going to be what I expect. People like us love it. Is it going to drive the needle or, 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 you know, I guess drive the green, whatever you want to call it, you know, drive. Maybe from, not. Probably not. We'll see. Maybe All right, not. we can move on. Let's talk to Listerly because I want to thank everyone again. Build it even faster. Almost asked for a thousand this week, but it was, he already <laughs> sent it to me with 750, but I was like, okay, I'll keep it that way. But I just reminded him we are going to go to a thousand. So at the players, we're going to get it. Like I said, last week for a thousand, but we, we sold out again like a day and a half like Tuesday or night, 18 hours before I think yeah. it was total. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Solid so, work. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I think Tuesday night is when we finished when, when we filled. So you guys got to jump in quick because if you want to co- come in on Wednesday, more than likely it's already going to be filled up. Uh, and let's talk about the winner for this past week. Rays fan 24. Um, I'm trying to figure out his avatar, but I can't see very well. Maybe it's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It's I'm the Buccaneers. Sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a Buccaneer. the Buccaneers. Yeah. All right. So he had John Rom, uh, 24% owned. Of course, Rom finished in third. He went the Rom Scheffler route. Uh, I think it was pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to get at least two of these studs uh, in your lineup this week as well, maybe even three. Um, so really strong lineup. Scotty Scheffler, 19% owned. Of course, he's the winner. Taylor Moore. One of my cash game cornerstones, six uh, percent own, finished fourteenth. That guy is playing really good golf. He is. I will let you know right now. He's a cash game cornerstone once again this week. We'll talk about him here uh, in a little bit. Adam Hadwin, uh, Canadians Desert Golf, Canadians. What's the deal? What's the deal with that Tambo? Hadwin like Desert it. Desert Golf and Canadians just seem to go well. Like is that is that a narrative that we're gonna have to really pay attention to a year in and year out? It's, it's all the same thing. Hadwin's always been good with it. He he was yeah. in the mix too. Uh, what where was his? Hadwin has one win. What where was it at? Can't remember now. But I think it was in the desert. So yeah, I think I was. I, yeah, I think and then another been... time he was close and lost to like. Uh, I think it was when Adam Long won, and it was Phil and Hadwin were right in the mix. I can't remember yeah. exactly now, but just going back to it, of course, and then. Nick Taylor, just like I said, I think sometimes it's just he's got the, the moxie. He's not in this lineup, but mm-hmm. the fact that he was up there, he obviously won at Pebble. You talked about holding off Phil at that event, and then just in general, he can play pretty good golf. He did not back down on Sunday. It just didn't work out because yeah. Scheffler didn't back down either. Well, Hadwin was 12% owned. That's pretty yeah. solid. solid. Of course, he finished top 10. Uh, and then uh, Joel Dahman, uh, he at least made the cut, finished 50th, 2% owned. And then Wyndham Clark, who as the week went on, I really liked him a lot. Uh, I played him in our three-man lineup, and I played him in all the listener league lineups. Um, and I like him again a lot this week. I actually bet him 
80 to one this week. Um, he finished in 10th place, 4% on what you think of the lineup. Yeah, I love the lineup. I'm going to go to it in just two seconds. I was trying to get a reminder there. It wasn't in the desert. No, have him won at Valspar, but there was another time in a, I forget where it was at in the desert. And obviously he played great here. He had actually pretty good, uh, a pretty good setup for last week. So I was excited to see the list really got to 12% on him. He was someone I came around to quite a bit on Wednesday. I was honest. The reason I love this lineup so much, I think it's actually one of the sharpest lineups we've had all season win because the 9K range was loaded last week. People loved that 9K range. There was plenty of guys in it. The other thing about it was, was that so you, you had to get that FOMO gone and go play Rom and Scheffler and get the big dogs there. But to my point, and I brought this up earlier with the Hubbard point, if I went Rom and Scheffler, I was trying to jam someone down low to let me fit everything else. The reason I said it's probably one of the sharpest lineups we've seen all season is because they stayed within the 7K range. So they didn't drop down. They just skipped the 6, 8, 9 range. Then they've got the two guys up top. And on top of that, Kenny, if you remember last week, all the chalk in the 7K range was in 73 to 7,700. Starting at the top, it was like Keegan and Connors were right there. Then it went down to like your Harmon, Keith Mitchells. Uh, even at 7,200, you had Steele. There was all those guys were getting love. And he's got Clark, Hadwin, Joel Damon, and Taylor Moore. All 7K guys that are outside of the chalkier range there. Again, you can play 15% owned guys like Harmon and Mitchell. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how you play them, like I always say. But in this case, it made a lot of sense while going up top to use two studs to not touch the 6Ks at all, where a lot of people were going like myself, and being able just to jam in 7K guys below the range where most of the ownership was landing on. So really good job to raise fan. Solid ownership across the board. Everything was good. Joel Damon is the guy at 2% that really didn't come through, but a made cut is all it requires there. Got 63 points. Ended up winning by just over 20. So shout out to Rays fan 24. I hit him up in the DM state, asked about what the Tournament of Champions is. For those that don't know, when you... Pull a Rays fan 24 and win this league. It's very hard to do. Someone asked me last week in our Discord, what's the best you've ever finished? I do only play one lineup of the three max, and it used to be single entry, but honestly, it's the hardest. My best ever is seventh. One time. It is so hard to win this tournament. So I won it once. Yeah, you've got it. I've won it one time. It's hard, I've done done the listener league probably twice as much as you because I did it with Brad. Yeah. Before you came on. But yeah. I, I was playing it before I ever came on too. Like it was, it's a oh, tough okay, okay. to do well in. So either way, Ray's fan wanted to know. So, so everybody knows it'll be bigger and better. It always is. Every year has got better. And the tournament of champions is that it's all the winners of the listener league go into a group. We sort out the contest. We, we sort out the prizes last year. There was cash memberships. I think we did one and done entry though. There was a lot of things in there that people end up getting to play for for free at the end of the season based on winning the tournament. So it's kind of fun. We do it every season. We pick the date near the end of the year, but we'll keep you guys updated on that. But shout out to Rays fan 24. Congrats again. And we'll see you in the three man this week with myself and Kenny. All right. So let's talk. I was about to skip everything and go straight to the tears because I want to talk about the guy who I think is going to win uh, right now, but let's go ahead and talk about the course. Uh, PGA tour stays in California this week. The best golfers in the world. They head to Riviera country club for the Genesis invitational. Of course, invitational meaning it's only, it used to be 120 uh, people. Now it's like 132. I think total that will be in there instead of the normal, you know, 140 to 156 golfers. You see, now, the cut is still top 65 in ties. So, in theory, it should be easier um, to, you know, uh, get a six of six, in theory, of course. Uh, now, because of this, I think you could be, like, a little bit more aggressive in cash games. I like my the way I'm doing it with the three studs, one punt, 
That's the way I'm going to go about this again this week for my cash game cornerstones. I like I like that play. I, I want three guys up top that I think can definitely win and contend and fill out the rest of my lineup with upside type guys because you're going to have less than I guess around 60 golfers missed a cut, 60, 65, something instead of the usual, what, like 90, 80 or 90. So you got a little bit of a reprieve there. Uh, now, uh, you know, a lot of people compare this course to Augusta. Um, you know, the correlations have been made, you know, that golfers that perform well at Augusta perform well here. Uh, you know, other than James Hahn seven years ago, Homa two years ago, and Neiman last year, Every golfer that has won this tournament in the last 30 years has a top 22 at Augusta at some point in their careers. So 27 out of the 30 winners, last 30 winners, have had a top, a really good finish at Augusta at some point. 18 of the last 32 winners have had a win or a runner-up at Augusta uh, at some point in their career. So that correlation is there. Also, Riviera is another correlated course you could think of just because of the Kikuyu grass. Uh, those are the only two courses on tour, uh, Riviera and, and Farmers, uh, Tory that use Kikuya, uh, and they're both difficult courses, similar, you know, so you could use that as a course correlation as well. Um, Weather-wise, uh, we're looking at, it's rained a lot here. Now, the thing about this course overall is you normally get like a shit ton of rollout, uh, and, and it cuts the course length down a little bit, um, you know. If it's and it's raining today, it's it's going to rain Tuesday as well. Uh, it could be pretty lush. It might be a little bit softer. You'll still get some rollout, uh, I'm sure, because that's just the way this course is built. But maybe not as much as usual, which of course will probably favor longer hitters. Uh, now let's actually get to the meat of the course. Riviera, third, uh, seven thousand three hundred fifty yard par seventy one, four par threes, three par fives. The three par fives are the easiest holes on the course. Also a drivable par four. Uh, Riviera, known as one of the best and most challenging courses on tour. Um, off the tee, golfers will see tight fairways, many fairway bunkers, and challenging dog legs. You're going to see dog legs both left and right, but predominantly there's a lot of dog legs right uh, on this course. Guy, right-handed guy with a cut, John Rahm. Sounds pretty good uh, to me uh, this week. Now, um, these fairies, very tough to hit. I mean, like winners of this event, Adam Scott won this event like three years ago and hit like 40% of his fairways. Uh, last year, I think the average uh, for the field was like 49%, like less than 50% of the fairways hit last year. Um, so basically everybody's going to miss these fairways, uh, even if they're the most accurate golfers out there off the tee. Usually in this type of situation, what you want when everyone is going to miss these fairways, like a U.S. Open, like what Bryson did. Pound it out there as far as you can. Get yourself a short iron, even if you're in the rough, because the Kikuyu rough, though, you can get really good lies on the Kikuyu rough, and it's not, like, overly tall. Now, sometimes it'll swallow your ball up, and you're going to have a crazy lie, and you will have a really tough time judging um, the distance. But the majority of the time, that ball's going to sit up for you in that Kukuyu unless you're a bad luck. So you can hit it into the rough. Now, the problem is, of course, the trees. Uh, but the thing about the trees on the tree line is they're about 10 to 15 yards away from the end of the fairway. So you've got some room to miss. Um, now, the problem is if you're short and you don't get it past the dog leg and you hit it on the wrong side of the fairway, trees can be in your way, um, even if you're on the fairway. Uh, at this course. Now, 
Uh, there's going to be, uh, let's keep going. I'm trying to uh, figure out the place where, there you go. So again, the Kikuyu grass are very, very rare uh, in the United States. Of course, like I said, uh, farmers and here is basically the only place you've seen it. Now, it's very popular in courses in South Africa and Australia and some Asian countries. You've seen a lot of Aussie golfers come here and say this reminds them of, of their Sunbelt, uh, you know, whatever, Australian type golf courses and you've seen a lot of Aussies play well at this event Leishman's played well Tam's played well here uh, Adam Scott's played well here so you know it's something to think about when you're making your DraftKings lineups uh, this week uh, you know like I said like Kikuyu you can get good lives you can get bad lives it's just it's basically a luck on that one now golfers will need to have to deal uh, with a, now even if they hit the fairway they're going to have to deal with a lot of they draw lives because there's a lot of undulations uh, in that fairway. That's going to, you know, ball's not going to sit flat like it did last week as we saw uh, at the waste management. Uh, approach play, definitely important. Uh, nearly 70% of golfers that have finished top three here in the last seven years have been inside the top 60 in stroke skin approach for the year they finished top three. Um, another thing that's going to be important here, you don't hit that many green. The green regulation percentage, very, very low. Your short game is going to have to be strong. Like the perfect golf for this week would be uh, a guy who hits it long, who um, is good with his wedges, maybe like 150 to 175, okay? Short game, good, and can putt on Paul. Yeah, that's asking a lot. But, I mean, if you can find those four categories in a golfer, those are the ones you're going to have to – you're going to want to pick. Now, these greens, a little bit more above average in size, um, and, you know, and they are POA with, a, with bank grass. Uh, in these, they're a little bit above average in size, uh, and but the landing areas for birdie attempts are going to be small due to the fast, hopefully fast, firm, undulating, and multi-tiered aspects of these greens. Um, hopefully, that staff out there can get these greens, you know, dried up before the tournament starts, so we get that nice little first top, that strong rollout in the fairways, because that's an important part of this course and what makes this course so difficult. Now, the greens are usually one of the 10 toughest to hit on tour each year. So, like I said, short game, going to be very, very important, along with length off the tee. The greens will be quick with a stint meter rating of around 12 to 12 and a half. They're going to be surrounded by bunkers and false fronts. Very, very hard bunkers here. Super deep bunkers uh, at this course. The six hole actually has like a bunker right in the middle of the green. Uh, so that's always fun. I've seen Phil hit it there a few times. Always a blast. Um, one key number that I saw was that nearly 80% of golfers that finished top three here the last 15 years were inside the top 55 in strokes gained tee to green for the year they finished top three. Uh, this is definitely a big dog course. Tambo, what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, don't have to go into it much further because you kind of nailed everything there for what we usually look at. Same like last week I talked about. Well, I'm going to bring up a strategy point. Instead, I, I hit that earlier and I, I'll get to it now. In, the, in these fields, this is what happened last week. I had this happen so much in our Discord. People talking about it, lots on Twitter, all that stuff. Like worrying again about, oh, this guy's going to be 14%. Can I play him? Oh, it might be 16%. Remember, in these strong fields like this, with the softer price, and again, Rom is at 11-1. It's not off the charts. He's not 12-5. There's lots of ways to get to Rom Scheffler lineups again if you wanted to, or Rom Rory or Scheffler Rory, whatever you want to do. Keep in mind that it's way more important in this case, Kenny, like picking the guys you want to play. And I could say pick the right guys. That's obvious. If we all pick the right guys, we win all the money. But what I'm saying is 
people are worrying way too much about this guy versus that guy over two to three percent ownership. Do you remember when Skyhoke Skyler at Skyhoke DFS on Twitter, as everyone probably follows already, but when he posts out the ownership last week, there was people that were pretty shocked that it was so balanced. And that's kind of what we had talked about and what we'd expected, where everyone's just playing their dudes and everyone's got a story for every guy in every range. And it ends up being very spread out. You can get a lot of leverage on the guys you want to play. If you pick your pool, right. And just sort of get it down to the guys you want to play. I expect that again. The only thing I will say, Kenny, is this how it goes. It's always, what have you done for me lately? And this will be a segue into the tears. Don't you think we're going to see a week here where people just try and get two of these guys between Rom Scheffler, Rory, and JT and just start. I know again, everyone will still have their ownership in the nine K's and in the eight K's. There's lots of guys, Tom Kim, 8,500 speed, 86, Zal, 87, but it still feels to me like people just saw it work last week and just hop right back on it because it's easily affordable. So how do you see this playing out? Talk roster construction first, then we can go into that upper tier. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the top four guys, I, you, it's hard to, like, fade any of them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I personally, I think the one I'll avoid is Sheffield just because of how poorly he drove the ball last week. Uh, you know, he could fix it easily because the guy's a beast. Uh, but, man, some of those drives that he hit were just – if they hit, if he hits those pull hooks here, he's fucked. Well, even on Saturday, you mentioned earlier about the luck and, and stuff, but even on Saturday on 17, he pumped it. It rolled up to the side and almost went into the water, but it held up on the little edge there. And now he's got to yeah. try for Eagle instead of, I mean, you know, that's, those are the little things you need in these tournaments. So it happens all the time, but to your point, yeah, he's a little bit off with it throughout the week last week and then still did enough and managed to get the job done. Yeah. I mean, personally, like, I, I, up from like 90s, 500 up. I mean, I love all those golfers. It'll be tough for me to go and spread them out. And I, you know, I think I want to play a lot of those guys. Uh, and then sort of once you get lower, like the Sung Jays, the, the Morikawas, probably not going to play those guys this week and go a little bit higher uh, and, and get these guys, you know, 20 to 30% up top like I was, and then have like my highest owned guy in the 8K or 7K range. It could be Jason Day. Uh, we'll see because the guy's been playing well or Spieth. Uh, but let's go to these tiers. I'm going to go ahead and start in this 10K range. The guy I think that will win this event, and he's my first cash game cornerstone, is going to be Justin Thomas. What do you, Justin was my fade of the week last week, and that's because he just hadn't been playing well. He hadn't had a, you know, a top 10 since, I mean, in like his last 10 events that were regular events with more than 30 people in the field, uh, you know? Uh, and so, you know, he found something last week, especially on Sunday. Uh, he came in, irons were dialed in, he was putting very well, uh, and he's coming to a course where he's had a little bit of a success. And the thing is, if you look at Justin's finishes, you'll see, like, a lot of his high finishes are clumped together. Like, when he's hot, he can stay hot for a long time. Um, you know, and I, you know, he can go on a run and he hasn't had a win since the PGA championship last year. I think another win is coming for him. I think it's going to happen this week. I got him at 14 to one first cash game cornerstone, Justin Thomas. I really do like John Rom up top. Like I said, you play that cut off the tee and that's what Rom does. He hits that beautiful cut. that just monstrous. It just flies out there. Um, that should help him because there are a lot of left to right dog legs. There's a good amount of right to left, uh, right to left, but you know, there's more left to right. Uh, and he's, and those, a lot of those happen on like longer, more difficult holes, uh, the left to right uh, dog legs. So I, you know, with the way he drives the ball, that, that shape, 
Uh, I think he could do really well. Once again, not shocking. I like Rom. Who do you like in the 10K range? I think it's the three at the top. Uh, I guess that's kind of where I'm struggling. I, I bet JT. I love JT. Uh, I'm going to be playing him, but the, the three above him still are appetizing. I guess the one thing, like you said about Scotty, could be the case, but man, it's tough when you saw he he got it. I mean, he got away with all of it because he's uh, still so good all around. He still beat that type of field. It is hard to go back to back like this though and, and win last week and then win again this week. So Rom, Rory, JT. And then I, I do still like Scotty, but that'd be the order for me up top. Rom is just going to continue to play him. Like, I, I don't think, you know, anyone's, it's going to be a surprise to anyone. I think other people are still going to be on him a bunch for good reason. My question to you is like last week, we kind of pegged when you looked at it, that it was like Rom Rory have been playing so good. They're the hottest golfers in the world. Scotty would be a little bit under-owned. I think he ended up getting to like 15%. It wasn't like he was low-owned, but he wasn't Rom at 25% or whatever. So what do you think that's Rory? This week now, because Scotty won last week, or do you think people just stick with Rory, even though it looked like he was off it last week? And he doesn't really pop if you do like a recent form model uh, on like Fantasy National, even though we know what he's been doing overseas and other places too. I'm just saying others may not see it. So what do you think ends up happening with Rory this week at 10-5? I mean... Hold on. Uh, I... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's Rory. The price is lower. I think he'll still be popular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. He'll, he'll, again, it'll get spread out some up top. And I just, I don't think we see any of the, like, again, I'm not sure if this week we see anybody get to this astronomical number just because the way it sets up, it'll be guys down low in this nine K and eight K range. when we get there, I think it's the eight K range, but we'll get there shortly. So for me, Rom, Rory, JT, like I said, Scotty, just hard to go back to back. I bet JT, so I'm not going away from him in DFS. It's not a hedge or anything. I think he can obviously, he can do what he did on Sunday. My God, he could come out there and just crush. But it's a, a shaky history here. It's like a boom bust, like six last year, couple missed cuts, second and ninth, some bad finishes, 39, 54, 41st, like, you know, that too. But uh, the driver always still worries me. Will he play like he did on Sunday? I don't know, but it, it's that order for me. Rom, Rory. JT Scheffler up top. All right, let's get to this 9K range. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be um, Tony Finau. Uh, not shocking. Wait, let me double check and make sure that is my second cash game cornerstone. It is. Uh, it is Finau this week. I mean, the guy is just finishing, cruising out there, just making top 15s like it's his job. Like, like it doesn't even look like he's playing well. And he's out there. The one thing about Tony, uh, also JT, both of their best putting surfaces are POA. And also, you know, JT around the green has been one of the best uh, out there. His short game has been really, really good. And if you look at Finau's game, especially, you know, in the last like six months to a year, his short game has improved tremendously. Uh, I know on Sunday I saw him make a lot of tough chips get up and down for par uh, to still finish where he finished. Um, and, and, you know, you got to have that short game. You got to have that length. Both those guys have it. Both of them have had success here. I know Tony's had two runner-ups uh, at this event. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be my second cast game cornerstone. And I like the other two guys up top, Xander and Homa. Again, uh, when it comes to uh, course history, both of them really, really solid. Xander, of course, has all the numbers you want. Homa, excellent around the greens, playing good golf. Uh, those are the guys. Once you get lower than that, I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, I'm I'm high low on this one. So the the guys up top, Xander for sure, who you just talked about, everything looks good across the board. Again, last week 
not even the best finish. It was like a 10th place or whatever. But again, he's just doing his thing. It felt like he left so much meat on the bone and he finished 10th. It's almost like how when uh, before the, the ROM resurgence and the run that he's been on now. But remember, like last year, even when we were complaining about ROM, it was for 10th place finishes and stuff. That's kind of like how I feel about Xander. I feel like another win is coming for him soon. So I like him right at 9,900. You can start your lineup with him if you want to get different from the original mes- message I brought up of being able to play two guys up top. I can start with Xander. Uh, Tony Finau, who you mentioned, two runner up here. S- stats wise, he's got it all. He looks great across the board. Then it goes Cantlay for me down at the very bottom at 9K even. Last week, not the best. The missed cut before that, though, much better. And now it just feels way too cheap. 9,500. Yeah, too cheap. I, I thought it was cheap. Cantlay too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go there. I think that's good. And then lastly, Homa. I don't know what people are going to do, Kenny, because this week, 9,700. Man, you've got Finau. You've got X. You've got JT and the guys up above. You got Cantlay down below. Like, he just in my opinion, has to get squeezed. But people that follow the course history stuff, 10th, 1st, 5th, like won the event. And then you go back to recently, he's coming off a 39th, wasn't his best outing last week, but the win before that. So how, I just, I don't get it. As I, said, I don't see how people can get there. So I'll be able to get overweight easily. So those would be the four guys for me in this range. Xander, Finau, Homa, Cantlay, all on first look. I always have a little love for Sungjae. So I don't think I'll be able to get away from that. What's your take on, on Kawa though? after burning guys last week, right? Everyone loved Kawa at 9,700. Now he drops to 93. That's not that much different than Cantlay going from 95 to nine. So what what are your thoughts on him? He he played well last um, last year here. I think he had, what, he finished six, right? Last year, Kawa second. Oh, he was runner up last year. So, you know, I mean, I remember fading him last year because I was worried about his short game. Obviously he played well enough last year, to, to get through and finish second, but I think he was playing a lot better golf than he is currently. Um, the game is sort of a little inconsistent. Uh, a good week, bad week, good week, bad week. Uh, I mean, will I say you shouldn't play him? No. Uh, will I play him at this moment in time? No. I had him start earlier, uh, like yet last night. I was like, I think I might play him uh, because people might be uh, on that flop lag and maybe he won't get as high ownership. Now, if he's like 10%, I might have to think about it again, but I don't think he will be at that price. I think he'll still be popular. 15, 16, 17%. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an ownership guru, so we'll see. Uh, one one but, quick note on Cal though, gained almost, you know, 6.8 with the putter and still finished second to Neiman here last year. He shot a 65 on Sunday, did everything required and still came second. Neiman was just on fire last year. I remember that. So, um, I guess we'll we'll say goodbye to Neiman. We won't see him. Oh, actually, we'll starting next week. The Mayakoba Live event is next yeah. week, but uh, he'll be back. But besides that, yeah, to your point, uh, you know, he had a fifth at the Century before the break. He'd had a second at the CJ Cup. Talking more cow, of course, for like you said, he was playing good golf coming in. But it's no different than coming in here. He was second and third before the missed cut. So I don't know. You you could go back to him if you wanted. I think I still like all those guys I mentioned ahead of him. But it's just a quick note that there is a, a potential flop leg spot for a guy like Morikawa here. Yeah, we'll see. If he, if I think he's going to be under owned, I'll probably put him on there. Yeah. Uh, now, let's go to his 8K range. I mean, a lot of popular names, Hovland, Young, Zalatoris, and Tom Kim. I might not play any of those guys. Uh, what, what's your take on this 8K range? Why, why not? I'll, I'll give it to you in a sec. Well, okay. Why would you say, why you okay. say that? I mean, Zalatoris, I'm worried because, okay, Travis Fulton, who hosts the Stripe Show podcast, he's – He's he's uh, uh, a professional, uh, what's Swing it called? Coach. 
Yeah, he's a he's a pro. He's a he's a he's a golf pro. Uh, and he used to be a pro at like the 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 um uh where the PG headquarters is. Uh, yeah. he used to be like a head pro there, and he has his own show, the Stripe Show podcast. Uh, he looks at golfers' swings really in depth. You know, if you listen to Andy Lack's podcast about how he gets so in depth with the course, uh, Travis does the same thing with golfers' swings. Uh, and you know, he has. Uh, the, the the qualifications to talk about him because he is a he is a pro a teaching pro uh, I've actually gotten a couple of free video lessons from him the guy knows what the fuck he's talking about and so he was saying that when he last time out he saw Zalatoris uh it looked like his swing was a little different like he was trying to compensate for his back injury and that was just two three weeks ago uh well, the last time he played if if Travis is thinking that and he's thinking that he's compensating for his injury and he's not a hundred percent, it gives me uh qualms about trying to roster him because of course he hasn't necessarily been playing that great in a few times that we've seen him this year. Uh Cam Young, he's a maybe for me. I wouldn't say a hundred percent fade, but the problem with him is again the inconsistencies that we've seen through him, uh, you know. It, it, during this year, I mean, you know, what did he finish? Like five over? Um, I think he might have made the cut and then finished it almost dead fucking last. Uh, I'm not sure. I just sort of stopped paying attention to him after the weekend. So uh, a little worried about the inconsistencies that he's having. Um, you know, maybe he was at his peak earlier and this is maybe where he's leveling out. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'd rather play like a Cantlay instead of him. Uh, in the 9K range. Tom Kim, again, This is I don't think that these are the type of courses that he's going to excel at, like these really hard, difficult type courses. Like I, I see him like at the Wyndham, at the Sony, those like middle-of-the-road type courses uh, where it's not like super easy, but it's not as difficult as these. I think those are more of his cup of tea uh, after watching him play here uh, for the last six months or so. So, so those guys, uh, I worry about the guy I'm playing in this range is my third cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Jordan Spieth. Uh, again, Spieth, like um, JT, very, very streaky. You look through his finishes, you'll see a lot of high finishes jumbled up together uh, in like a three, four, six event span. Uh, so when he sort of finds something, and, and like I said earlier in the show, if you watched him Sunday, dude gained almost nine strokes with his approaches. Uh, last week, he just could not make a putt to save his life. Now, again, we're going to a place where he has had success. Um, you know, he puts well on POA. So uh, I, I, I think the upside is definitely there for a golfer at $8,600. I think he can win. I got him at 35 to 1. Great price. Great for cash. Because then, you know, really, you don't even have to touch the 6K range. And you'll have you know, three top guys, uh, I think, this week in your lineup. Uh, so, uh, you know, I like uh, Spieth a lot. Again, we talked about Jason Day. I think he's back. Uh, I think he's worth uh, the price. Now, if he's like 20% owned or something, then maybe I'll think about it because, you know, what, what Tambo said earlier about the ownership, um, you know, when you get all these guys like 9K and up, you know, if, if they're going to be highly owned, and but you love them, who cares? They're elite golfers. You can differ uh, other places. I don't consider Day in that echelon yet. So if he gets like 18 20%, that could be a fade for me when it comes down to it because I don't see him in that elite level quite yet where you don't worry about ownership uh, if you like the guy. 
You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but you know, and if he's 50% under, I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely in on uh, Jason Day. I'm in on Hideki. Um, again, this price uh, seems very, very cheap uh, for a guy, you know, a ball striking master whose short game, you know, uh, is one of the best strengths of his game. Uh, you know, I mean, for a while there, uh, last year, in the middle of last year, if you look back at the last 50 and you're using Fantasy National or Gubs Corner or Run Pure or whatever site you use to look um, at previous events and how well they fared, um, he was like number one in strokes gain around the green for the longest time. Now he's like, you know, top 15, but still great uh, around the greens. And you're going to need that uh, at this course. I like this bottom level a lot, man. Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott can, could make it good cash play the guy plays this course extremely well every year uh we've talked about the aussie narrative already where for a lot of these aussies it seems like they're playing at home uh like one of their courses like a royal melbourne or something like that and his course history it proves it. the guy just plays extremely well at this event and terrell hatton again after what he did last week he finished top 10 really really strong showing um you gotta love terrell hatton you know, above average around the green, really good putter, you know, sneakily long. Like he's not short by any means. Uh, He's inside the top 50 in this field in driving distance, Um, you know, sneakily long. Um, And so I I like this 8K range a lot. So I think I can, you know, really skip from like 9.4 to 8.7, that range. And just go above and below that and maybe throw in Cantley uh, in between. And I think that's how I'm going to go about it because I do like this bottom 8K range a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of high-low again here besides Jason Day, who you talked about in the middle there. He makes sense. I I guess it's kind of like if there were six guys in this range, it would be like Hovland, Young. Then it would be like Day, Fitzpatrick, and then probably Hatton Scott. Because at the bottom, kind of all echoing all the points you said on those guys, the obvious, but just in looking at it, most of it is off the tee and tee to green is kind of how I'm seeing it, Kenny. And just looking at those guys, some of their history, their past results here, all of that, and then potential upside of these guys as well. But to your point, this range gets harder to hit up if you want to go the route I was talking earlier where you're playing two up up above. You have to skip a lot of guys. Like there's got to be a bunch of FOMO this week if you're skipping all the guys like our guy Rays fan 24 who won the Listener League. You pull that again this week, just naming a bunch, but like Xander, Beanow, Homa, Kawa, Cantlay, Hovland, Young, Zal, Speed, Day, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Rose, Scott. You're you're letting a lot of guys go. So the better strategy might actually be to like pick your stud up top because if people are going to do it from last week and then hop into this 8K range and pick three guys. Like I know you were willing just to sk- skip it and fade it, but you then talked me into some guys in there. And the one thing you said about Zal because he's interesting. I bet him at 35, but not in each way. So I could actually still cash it out. I'm just thinking in general, though, when you mentioned that, here's the other factor. What I brought up earlier, Kenny, like he missed the cut at Farmers and he did not play last week. You're only allowed to skip one. I don't know why. Maybe it's just that's the one he already had planned to skip in Phoenix and he and he decided that. I don't know the whole history on it, but my point would be it's definitely like his approach was way off at the farmers. So you talked about Travis Fulton and the swing and all those factors, man, this place should set up well for Zalatoris. His last couple of results here, 26th and 15th. I think he's a better golfer now than he was then. So I don't know. It's tough to think about Zalatoris, but it does make quite a bit of sense when you talk about it like that. So it's something interesting to ponder, but those other six guys are definitely ones I have interest in based on, like I say, stats, history, 
upside. It's just all how you use this range and co- kind of just gave you a few ways I'm thinking about using it. So that's all I got here in this one. Going to the 7K range, Tamo. Yeah, going back to this one, like this is where I think we're going to see like last week, Kenny, the congestion, right? You got the sort of up top. If people go back to Ricky Fowler, you got Keegan Bradley, Keith Mitchell, Kashmir Keith is catching on. So that's becoming a thing. And he's starting to pick up ownership left and right. Alex Noren played really good golf last week. JT Poston, uh, another guy that people were high on last week at 7,300. So if you look at him, I think you can see people going there as well. But uh, the one guy you and I talked pre-show on that I want to talk about quickly is Taylor Montgomery. This is a guy that, uh, you know, you've got something you want to talk about. I think it's a good point. I'll let you bring it up. But just in general, definitely a guy that people kind of eventually got onto last week based on his results coming in 31 fifth 12th um, not seen this course as far as I know it looks like a debutante so to me going back to him at 7600 I'm just not sure how many people will Kenny but I like him I like Keegan Bradley up at the top I think they're grinders and then uh, maybe a little Siwoo Kim he doesn't have the best history here it's actually pretty bad but I think it's a guy that if you look at his all-around game and you talked about being able to scramble and all that stuff you play him for the boom bust there's a few guys like that when we get down below even further, but for sure, some of those guys up top, talk about Ricky and talk about Taylor Montgomery. Just thoughts on those guys. I'll go with Taylor Montgomery. He's one of my fa- favorite plays in the seven okay. K range this week. Uh, last week, he was one of my biggest fakes uh, because uh, it, of how easy the putting was at waste management. I mean, the putting at waste management, one of the easiest places to putt on those greens are velvet, smooth, flat, you know, really easy from, you know, 10 to 15 feet comparatively to other courses on tour. Uh, this week, completely different. One of the hardest courses to put on, on tour, uh, you know, because of the undulation, more, and the poa greens, the sticky poa greens, uh, you know, the bumpy poa greens. The, this, this is going to be a lot harder than Pebble. It's going to be a lot harder than the Farmers uh, for when it comes to poa. And I want to play Taylor Montgomery anytime there's a course where the putting is difficult because he is literally the best in the world. Uh, also, his short game, well above average. His length, well above average. Par 5 scoring, very, very strong. You're going to need to score a lot on those par 5s. And that was another weird thing about Scheffler last week, where he, his par 5 scoring wasn't even that great, and he still was able to win. Really incredible shit what happened with Scheffler last week. It still boggles my mind how he won. Uh, but, yeah, I love Taylor Montgomery. Uh, I'm going to roster him. Might be one of my higher own guys. I'm thinking 30 percent plus. Uh, that's how much I like Montgomery this week. I think I bet him at 90 to one. Um, so we'll see how that goes because I, I like his. I like. I think this course is going to be good for him. I think the difficulty of of those greens is going to be good for him. Poa is his best putting surface. I mean, it, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Give me some Taylor Montgomery and give me some Ricky Fowler. Uh, the guys playing exceptional golf. Uh, well above average, you know, he's playing more consistent, just getting top 25s at the top 25s, making a lot of cuts, uh, seeing the weekend, you know, uh, in contention earlier in the fall, you know, it, it's coming back for him. His swing looks like it's sort of back. He had that weird, super flat thing that he was doing. And it was just, it didn't look, I mean, you know, it was even, he has that flat swing anyways, but it was even flatter. Uh, then before now it looks more like his old swing of old going back to the Harmons. Um, I think he's definitely playable. I, I'm I'm going to play uh, Ricky. There's no do- doubt. But my another favorite play, Wyndham Clark. Uh, again, I bet him eighty to one this week. Length 
Uh, length off the tee, superb putter, really good short game. I mean, and really good par five score. Those are the things you want uh, for this course. So I like Wyndham Clark uh, a lot. Again, Keegan, I'm back on Keegan. Uh, again, finished top 20, came through, uh, you know, pl- just played okay. It wasn't like he even played well. Still knocked out of top 20 last week in that field, uh, you know. So uh, the guy's been playing good golf and his price didn't move at all. Give me some more. Give me some more Keegan down here. Now, if we go down uh, a little bit lower, um, KH Lee, you know, he sticks out. There's winning upside with Lee. You know the guy can win uh, an event with two wins in the last two years. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of this range, but my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Taylor Moore. Once again, $7,200. This guy has three top 15s. He's only lost strokes uh, like like in, in, in some type of either in, uh, in uh, he only lost strokes not putting like in one, like around the green once, like last week. That was it. The guy has been ball striking T to green. He's been incredible. Uh, and his putting has just been okay. And his putting is the strength of his game. And guess what? Poa, his best putting surface. Give me Taylor Moore until he start until the price moves up or until he starts fucking up. And three top 15s in a row. And these aren't like shit fields. He finished top 15 last week. You know, same field. You know, the guy's playing excellent golf. Uh, and, and I like him a lot. Give me some Taylor Moore. Cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Justin Thomas at 10,100, Tony Finau at 9,500, Jordan Spieth 8,600, and Taylor Moore at 7,200. Leaves like 14,6 to fill out the rest of your lineups. Uh, now, if you're going to go a little bit more, you know, I'm not the maybe Patrick Rogers, really good Sunday. Again, another guy who's better on POA. That's someone. Do you go back to Cameron Davis? He's been playing so bad. But I feel like this is a course that he could play well on. Yeah, I, I looked at him already today too. And then you know the uh, the conversation you brought up earlier, the Kikoyu, Kikoyu uh, grass, talking about the uh, the Australian narrative there with yeah. all you know, playing well on it. So I think you just yeah. gotta play him and move on because who cares? Not because of just that. I'm saying obviously he's got talent, upside, possibility, and the price is fair. The one guy I wanted to bring up though that you know didn't really mention. I was ho- I'm wondering what people are gonna do because again, when you go look at the models and things like that out there, you'll see. Corey Connors really pops, but I don't know if you know this here. Like he's three missed cuts, always off of a made cut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, off the tee and approach is always incredible. He's horrible on these greens. Like he, he's losing three strokes, two times, three and a half, or one other time, two and a half the other time. He just has not been able to putt here, but he's a fair price at 7,600. We talked about Montgomery there for so long, and I like your Keegan call. I like going back to Ricky, like you mentioned, kind of is back. Keith Mitchell, all those guys that we mentioned it is kind of interesting. And then Lowry was brought up a bunch today as well. I already saw everyone, like I've got four messages from people saying, isn't Lowry too cheap? Lowry's the lock of the week in the discord. People are betting him and bringing him up. I don't even know. Like I, He's playing like straight garbage, bro. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right last... so not... uh, it's just the price, I guess. That's why people uh, want to go there. So I thought that I mean, one. I'd rather have Fleetwood at that price. Yeah. Give me Fleetwood, like Fleetwood at that price. I like the other uh, European guy right there. That's Oh, I, I like Detry. Yeah, I, I, I like Detry more in like a birdie fest. He's great anyway, but I'm saying I prefer him there. I still like uh, Norrin, though. Norrin was awesome last week, and this is the exact type of course you want him on to me. So uh, I'm fine with him being able to find his way around, grind his way out. You go look 
too. Like some of the stats on there, not the best off the tee, but everything else looks pretty solid. The around the green, the short game, the green greens and rag, all that stuff. So I'm okay with him. I like Poston for that same reason. I like uh, Lucas Herbert who we talked about last week, some, he ended up coming out. It wasn't a good result. It was a 50th coming off the third, third and 10th, but I don't mind going back to him. Hostler. I'm not sure if you saw his Sunday eight under on Sunday. I think that's a pretty good round for a guy like him. Denny Denny McCarthy can find a putter. And then uh, Matt Kuchar is the old guy. I'm going to actually add him to that, uh, that topic up top there. What did I say? It's like all those old dudes that are bouncing back or call them old now, but he's actually probably the oldest of the group, but Kuchar, Rose, Day, Ricky, Scott, all those guys, Kenny, they're all in the mix and Kuchar is just fine. I think like Kuchar has been playing decent. He's got good history here. I I think you can go back to Kuchar at 7,100. I got no problem with him either. Other than that, man, Patrick Rogers, did you, you know, bear off in the DMS right away this morning, talking to me again, our, our guy, Ryan bear off 201. He says, you got to get on this guy. You go back and look five of his last six made cuts here, all top 30 or better. This guy's cash game cornerstone material. Kenny Patrick Rogers. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I'll add him to the cash. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I still it. got those two spots left. That would leave me what? Seven, six to f- finish the rest of my lineup. And I, Montgomery. Could throw, I could throw Montgomery in there too. Yeah. There we'll go. see. We'll see how it goes, but let's get to the six K range. Um, Couple of guys that I do like in here. Uh, where are we at? Nick Hardy. Uh, you know, Obama can hit it long off the tee. Really good on par fives. Putnam around the green. Really good putter. Uh, you know, it's at sixty nine hundred. Uh, I could get on board with Putnam because it was around his short game. Uh, you know, down here. Uh, going down a little bit farther. Um, S H Kim is another guy who's putting in short game is usually his strength. Uh, so I can get behind him. Um. Sam Ryder's just playing good golf. Uh, you know, he came back the week after, you know, he, he got up to like eight under at one point in time on Sunday before he went down to like, I think six finished top 30 uh, for $6,700. You could do a lot freaking worse. Uh, you know, the guy's been playing really, really good golf. Um, other guys down here. I mean, maybe Ches Reeve just because of course history. Uh, and if you're going to go a little bit lower, uh, Lee Hodges, uh, another guy I like. Uh, again, um, you know, above average off the tee, uh, iron game strong, really good from 150 to 175. I can get behind Lee Hodges down here. Yeah, like the, the Hodges call. I'm going back to Callum Terran. Again, we watched him. Usually, you know, he's hit or miss for me on different styles of courses, but does enough that I can be comfortable playing him in my pool. Matthew Neesmith, a guy I'm always in on. I'll go back to him. Steven Yeager, my boy, Yeager bombs. I can go back to him. Mackenzie Hughes. Could grind something out here. I like your SH Kim call. You've talked about it pretty much all since last season, Kenny, when we watched him play just about the short game and the ability to just to find his way around. I don't hate that because he makes sense and his recent form isn't bad either. So I'm okay going to him. I don't love Ryder as much, but I could see, I could see why you'd go there. And then uh, one other guy that I took note on was Luke List. Really just interesting history. Three missed cuts, four made cuts in his last seven times here. When he did, we want this though, Kenny, in tournaments, it's boom bust. When he makes the cut, his finishes, the four out of seven, 30th, 26th, 20th, and 15th. Basically all top 25s are better, give or take a stroke. The other times miss cuts, but at at 6,800, you'll take that. And then uh, I think Smalley is the other guy I looked at at 6,900 and Vegas at 6,900. Those two guys stood out as well. Anybody else for you in the 6K range? Uh, it's probably going to be it. I know Sundog Monkey, like Kevin Tway, 
Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, if you want to go on a, a tail Sundog, tail Martin, uh, that was one of his uh, low, uh, higher uh, odds plays uh, that he liked. So okay. uh, other than that, probably not. I don't mind it. I mean, 6,200, if you need to fit somebody, got to hope that uh, he gets through because it's all about the first two days with him. But it's not bad, actually. Uh, mediocre, I, I should say, but at 6,200, you could do worse no. by the looks of it down there. And then the 32nd, man, bad off the tee, but Farmer's 18, 32nd at the waist measure. He just finds his way through. And when he gets through, he can get you like that top 40. And at that price, that yeah. might be enough if it lets you get all the studs that are in the top five, including the winner or something. So mm-hmm. I don't hate it for sure. All right. So let's, uh, anything else? Let's get to well, the betting cards. Thanks. All right. So I got Justin Thomas, 14 to one. Spieth. 35 to 1. Adam Scott, 50 to 1. Um, Keegan Bradley, 70 to 1. Wyndham Clark, 80 to 1. Taylor Montgomery, 90 to 1. Yeah. I don't have that many this week. I and I'm now like seriously considering the the Zal one too, just because the funny thing is, too, after I bet it, I thought the number would just drop like a rock and it basically stayed where it was at all day. I wonder, I don't know, but uh, you know, it makes me think. A little bit about with you know, he didn't withdraw, but just not being in last week's event after a miscut, not having his irons together. The Travis Fulton comment you brought up, and the fact that I never really love Zal at these numbers anyway. Twenty six and fifteenth, I think he's better than that now, and it's it's Zal, and it could happen any given week. Better in strong fields for sure. So that's the main thing that sits in the back of my mind. But I had Zal at thirty five, Cantlay at thirty, JT at sixteen, so just slightly better than your number. But that's really. All I liked this morning, and I definitely think a big boy is winning this tournament. Like, even last week, Nick Taylor, we talked already about him. Great ride. Awesome to see him up there. Collects a huge paycheck for him and the points and everything that goes with it, which is awesome. But it's not a winning bet. So that's what it comes down to when we're talking bets. And I got to go with the guys that, you know, that I like the best up here that I think will win. So I like these numbers on these guys. I'll see what I do with that Zalatoris bet. It's still sitting there. I just looked at it. All right, so one and done. I had Sung Jay last week. He won me like 700K, which is just okay, I guess. I'm still in like the top 500 or something like that. I guess a lot of people had Scheffler. Um, so I think this week I'm just going JT. I think he's going to win. Uh, I, I haven't had a feeling like this of a golfer in an event in a while. I think the last time was Tony last year, and they finished second. I forget what event it was, but I had this feeling about Tony. Uh, and he almost won it. It was some event where he finished runner-up or third last year. Uh, I just had this feeling about JT. Uh, I think he's going to win. So I'm going to bet him on 14-1. to I'm going to use him up in my one and done. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I've got Rom in one. So I think I'm going to just do it here and just use – like again, again, another – this is the thing. So last week I switched. I had Harmon and Morikawa. And at the last minute I switched them to JT and Rom. And the Rom one did good because he came in third or whatever. So it was money. It moved me up. But oh, I JT finished fourth, I think. Yeah, J- JT right, yeah. did good too. But it was, you know, the Rom one was the, the most money. I'm just saying that's, it was in the, the sorry, it was in the one and done that made, moved me up the most. It was like, wow, oh, I was already in better shape in that one. Now this week I looked, so I don't have JT in that one. So I'm like, I got to use my best guy there. And I'm thinking it's just going to be um, Rom in the other one to cr- try and catch it up to last week's. And then maybe Cantlay in the other one. And then Mayo and I do it one every Wednesday. And we had Denny for the big week last, uh, the week before last, who had a good week. And then we had Scheffler last oh, week. We, nice. debated it. we debated Cantlay and Scheffler, I think on the show and ended up going with Scheffler. So that's up to like 110th place. That's oh, nice. a good one. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what we do here on the Wednesday show, but definitely uh, having some fun with the one and done. I think a lot of people 
are loving this format the more we continue on with it year over year. So excited about one and done more, more than normal, Kenny. All right. Oh, well, that's going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. I will be on the E9 podcast on Wednesday night for uh, members only on gupscorner.com going over uh, the final thoughts. These are the first thoughts. We'll get the final thoughts over there. I'll also be on the, um, uh, I'll be on another podcast today. It's going to be, uh, hold on. I forgot the name of the podcast. Sorry, guys. Uh, there we go. Oh. Go ahead, Tambo. You do your thing and I'll tell them. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. I'll have the tidbits out on Wednesday morning. Like always, all the free pieces get a lot of people that hit me up and say they help them win money. So I love doing that every week. A lot of great people around the industry doing content, try and compile as much of it as possible, curate it out, get it there for you guys to be able to get some some stuff for your bets and for DFS on top of what we're doing here. And then of course, rumpuresports.com. Head on over to rumpuresports.com. Use promo code TAMBO15 if you want to get in. All sports, one price, 15% off. My final thoughts, myself, Big T, doing the premium show every Wednesday over there at 3 p.m. Eastern. So you can check that out. And then back here on this channel, Thursday and Friday nights for the round two, round three showdown shows. Those are both free somewhere in the vicinity of 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday and Friday nights with different guests throughout the year. All right, I found it. I'll be on the Golf Gambling Pod with Boston uh, with, with at Boston Capper and Twitter Listeen. Uh That'll be out Monday evening uh, as well, or Tuesday morning. And for Gubs Corner, make sure you use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30%. All right. Should be a good event. We got fucking Tiger Woods in the field, y'all. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation.